We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Wajuk people of the Noongar Nation. We pay our respects to the elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on the lands which Deepherd operates. Welcome back to the Grains Combo Podcast, brought to you by the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development in Western Australia. I'm Cindy Webster. And I'm Jeanette Pratt, and we are research scientists based in regional WA. These episodes shine a spotlight on the knowledge and tools developed by Deeper to grow the grains industry. In today's episode, I'm talking with Deeper research scientist Tom Edwards about the impact strategic deep tillage can have on the risk of herbicide damage on sandplain soils. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Hi, thanks for having me. Tom, welcome back to the Grains Convo series. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your deep herd work background? Certainly. So I'm a soil scientist with deep herd. I've always been interested in soil biology and microbiology, and I kind of fell into agriculture and was lucky enough to get an opportunity to work as a soil scientist with deep herd in Esperance and been down here for the last seven years. Tom, you're working on a GRDC co-funded research that examines how herbicides may impact crop establishment following strategic deep tillage. Can you tell us a little bit about what the aim of this work is? Yeah, so we're really aiming to provide growers with um, practical advice and strategies and and, and methods and and products they can use to optimise their establishment after they've done strategic deep tillage. There's a big financial outlay with any tillage operation and and we really hope that if we can optimise that benefit and sustain that benefit by getting really good establishment every year, then the growers will see the reward for that investment. And how did this research begin? How did you get involved? Uh, so originally, it uh, it really came from the growers' observations in the paddocks. So um, following strategic deep tillage, it was isolated events, but a Every once in a while, we would have really poor establishment and working with us, collaborating with us would let us know about this and we started to investigate and we began to suspect that some of the herbicides that we commonly use were perhaps uh, a little bit more risky and and, and causing some crop damage in some situations. So we really just wanted to try and uh, take that that grower observation and and put some numbers around it and work out um, if we could improve our knowledge in order to, to improve the outcome. Tom, you've been conducting some surveys with growers over the years about the herbicide damage experienced after soil amelioration. What were the main findings that you had from those conversations? Yeah, so we interviewed over 200 growers to just try and find out what tillage was taking place, what they were doing and what their experiences with it were. One of the major outcomes from that was that we found that about 25% of the time when growers had done tillage operations like uh, deep mixing or soil inversion, that, yeah, a quarter of the time they were seeing some level of, of increased herbicide damage in their crop and that around three-quarters of growers who had, who had done those operations would were thinking about how they needed to change their herbicide strategy going forward. Your research is currently focusing on sandplain soils. What is it about the sandplain soil and why are you focusing on them? Well, we've got a lot of sandy soils in, in WA. They're kind of a bit of a specialty of ours. What sandplain soils are, that essentially they're, they're sandy soils and, and on the sandplain they're in high production areas, so near coast where we've got relatively high rainfall for our environment. Traditionally, 
they have been so going back through through the history of, of agriculture in WA, we haven't really cropped these soils too frequently or too intensively because they were um, a risk of erosion. So when when tillage methods were commonplace for weed control, they were not able to really be cropped and they were mostly used in long-term pasture, long-term sheep production operations. With the advent of herbicides and better ways of fertilising crops and, and, and making an improvements in the affordability of those practices, we've seen that a lot of cropping has started to happen on these soils. They're really frequently cropped now, um, but they still have these sort of underlying constraints that make it make it difficult to crop them. They're, they're often really uh, water repellent. They've got very low water holding capacity, prone to be acid, uh, so low pH, and they can compact really quickly. So, Tom, what is strategic deep tillage and how does this help on the Samplain soils? Is that in relation to those constraints that you were just talking about? Yeah, that's right. So, although cropping has become profitable on these soils because of their uh, relatively high rainfall, we're still not really meeting our water potential or our water limiting yield potential on these on these soils because of those constraints. Strategic deep tillage is relatively new for these soils because they were so prone to erosion, they were, they were not tilled historically. But what we found in the last 10 to 20 years of research is if you're strategic and you approach it with a one-off operation where you go deep into the soil and bury the organic matter through inversion or mix it in through deep mixing, you can ameliorate some of these constraints. So you can get physically get rid of that compaction, you can incorporate lime and nutrition deeper into the soil, and you can make the soils wettable so they, they don't have that water repellence quality anymore, which should improve your germination, your reliability of your, your fertiliser use as well. So it's been a really a, a huge revolution on those soils to go in once do the tillage operation well, and then maximise your production benefits for the next 10 years without that erosion risk. So now that you've removed those constraints, what sort of work's been done on these sandy soils and the way that herbicides interact with them? Yeah, so again, yeah, so when growers started to make us aware of some of the isolated events, but yeah, germination issues they were having, we started to put in some field trials to try and compare different herbicides and to where we've inverted soils and where we haven't and trying to get a handle on what was the best strategies for growers going forward to minimise that risk of crop damage and, and maximise their, their production. And how do different herbicides behave differently when applied to these deep-tilled soils? What we found is because we um, incorporate that organic matter deeper in the profile what, what, and because our soils don't really have much organic matter deeper than the first 10 centimetres, then once we've done the tillage operation, what we're left with on top is often quite a sandy surface with, with no stubble, very little organic matter. And that means that the herbicides that were previously fine when there was more of the organic matter and, and stubble that were intercepting, at the same concentration of herbicide applied, much more of that product was biologically available to be taken up and it was much more mobile so it wasn't being physically separated from the crop as in a no-till environment. So as a result of that, certain herbicides that are, are usually very readily bound by organic matter can be much more available because they're concentrations that we use in order to be that, that are safe within a an environment with more organic matter and not as safe in an environment where we've buried that organic matter and it's not now where the herbicides applied or the seed ex exists. And Tom, what are some of the other major findings that you've been uh, finding in your field trials? 
Yeah, so along with, with sort of separating out which herbicides are more likely to be increase the risk, it, it also really highlighted how the conditions and, and the different soil types could, could really majorly impact whether you were going to have a higher risk of um, crop establishment or not. So, and and that, that allows us to mitigate the risk if we're able to identify where the highest risk spots are. So, so what we found was if soils are very dry when we're seeding or applying post amelioration, then the risk is much higher of herbicide damage. We also found that big rainfall events immediately after herbicide application and seeding are much more likely to increase the risk of herbicide damage. And that if we can get the seeding right, so if we can get this, maintain the furrow integrity and get the seed deeper and away from the herbicide without furrow infill, then that, that can be a major part of making sure that uh, the herbicide, the crop damage from herbicide is, is minimised. So, Tom, you haven't just been doing these trials in the Esperance area, have you? They've been in other locations? Yeah, so we've had trials all throughout the state. So a uh, number in Geraldton, through the central region as well, um, in Corrigan and several in Esperance, yeah. And you've also been conducting some lab trials. What were you trying to discover in those lab trials? Yeah, so what we're trying to do with the lab trials is really match the herbicide availability to the soil conditions. So... If we're able to find patterns in the level of organic matter or the amount of clay or the cation exchange capacity, then that gives us a better chance of predicting which parts of the paddock or which soil types post-amelioration are likely to uh, have that in- carry that increased risk of crop damage. And by putting those little jigsaw puzzles together, then we can perhaps say, maybe it's not a case of not using this herbicide, but on these soil types... Uh, this herbicide is preferred or this herbicide would, would give you a, a safer outcome. And how can growers and consultants apply some of this knowledge that you're gaining from these trials? I think that the main thing they can do is understand what their soil conditions are. So understanding what your organic matter levels are post-amelioration, because that, that will be a major factor on your risk, but then also what the seeding conditions are likely to be as, as best as you can predict. So whether you've got dry sowing or you've got some moisture in the soil and whether there's going to be a high chance of big rainfall events afterwards. And then thinking about which type of herbicides are going to be are going to be safer and we can, we can help to provide advice with what species of herbicides are more or more readily, are more sensitive to changes in organic matter on which are not. And where you've got that elevated risk, you've got options to use post-emergent herbicides or in, in some cases, because you can get very good weed control from the soil inversion. In the first couple of years, you could consider not applying herbicide if the weed numbers are low enough. But Tom, as we conclude this podcast, do you have any final messages that you want to give growers and consultants on this topic? I think it's just always... Um, important to remember there's still great production benefits from strategic deep tillage and and part of that is as it can be incredibly useful as part of uh, integrated weed management so you do get some direct benefit by burying weed seeds but also by uh, removing that um, soil water repellents you get a much more even germination of weeds so the herbicides are much more effective at controlling weeds going forward so the benefits are there it's just about preparing for the risk of, of herbicide damage and thinking about it and, and mitigating that so that um, you can minimise that how that affects the, the production. 
Tom, thanks for coming on the Grains Convo podcast today and discussing how strategic deep tillage can increase herbicide toxicity. Thank you so much for having me. More information on this topic can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode, you can download and subscribe to Grains Convo on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll be back on the 1st and 15th of every month with a new episode. Thanks for listening.